Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and normally this would be a Gaming with Grief episode, but if you're looking at your feed, wondering why this hit on a Wednesday, it's because a friend of mine got together and uh, we started a political podcast. Yeah, um, we haven't really decided on what the art for the podcast will look like, or even the title, but we wanted to do a political podcast because we've known each other forever. He is conservative, I am a liberal guy so we get together and we talk about the issues and this first episode uh is just kind of an introduction of us kind of we kind of get right into the issues because um this we recorded this after the attack on the capitol um and we were both kind of blown away with it i wanted to start we already kind of agreed to do the podcast before all that even happened and i i thought we would just start the episode and talk about the incoming uh biden administration you know and then it would be kind of a easy going article you know uh, episode uh, kind of talking about each other and what we wanted or were afraid of of the biden administration but with the capital attack it kind of um just turned the whole conversation upside down uh, i think we're both pretty respectful in this uh, we do don't see eye to eye and we do see eye to eye we both get very passionate about stuff um i did this one by recording uh avin uh carol who's the other uh the co-host uh, on speakerphone, we're working out a, a way now to have better audio. So, um, and we swear. Yeah, we, we do some swears. Um, we're both pretty passionate. And, uh, you know, the capital attack is horrendous. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, you have to admit that was pretty bad. It was really heartbreaking. So, um, I guess without further ado, here is the first episode of my political podcast. Uh, like I said, I've sent art to Avin. Um, and uh, some possible names, and we just haven't kind of agreed huh, on uh, what we're going to use yet. But again, this uh, this will hit every month, so it'll only be monthly, um, and it'll come out the 20th of every month, uh, the first one obviously on, on Inauguration Day. So yeah, and then every month from here on out, um, there will probably be a new website, um, but I will keep the same email. So if you want to write to Avid and I, um, you can just go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com and go there, drop us a line, let us know what you think of the show. Um, again, uh, this is kind of our foray into politics. We used to have one of these years ago uh, with another friend of ours, but our friend passed away. And I approached him probably like a month ago and said, what if we did this thing that we used to do together? Because I know my friend was really moderate and Avin was conservative and I was liberal uh, it was an interesting show. There is stuff that Avin and I do agree on, so it's kind of nice. And, again, we've known each other so long, uh, we still talk about other stuff, too. But when I pitched the idea to him, the, it was funny because I said, you know, we spend 30 minutes on the phone uh, talking about, you know, our significant others uh, and just life. And then one of us will inevitably say, hey, did you see the news or did you read this article? And then an hour and a half later... Uh, we get off the phone. So I figured, why not turn it into a podcast? Because we were already doing that, basically. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Uh, try to keep an open mind. Um, I definitely had some revelations talking to Avin. Uh, and then I hope he uh, had some revelations talking to me. And I did apologize, because I did say you. I was talking to conservatives, and I said you. You know, he doesn't he doesn't represent the whole conservative movement. And I think he said you as well to me um, about liberals. Um, but yeah, it's about two hours, so strap in. If you got the time, I'd appreciate it. 
And this will hit my feed. Normally, the Gaming with Grief feed on the 20th, which is Wednesday. Uh, this was recorded probably, I don't know, three, four days ago. And um, But after this one in the month, we'll come up with art and another probably WWW. And it'll, it'll have this similar format to Game with Grief because I actually like the layout of that and it's easy to follow. Uh, but the email is the same. So again, if you want to write to us, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop a line. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. And it'll be on iTunes. It'll hit normal feeds on iTunes on the 20th of every month. So without further ado, uh, no music. Just, um, you know, enjoy the podcast. Anyway, I that's the theory that I've seen is that it seems like, again, not that every Trump supporter is racist, but it seems like as time has gone on through these four years, they are more and more complicit in allowing that stuff to happen. And it, it led to not only the Capitol attack, but literally people having, you know, Nazi white supremacist propaganda on emboldened to go into the Capitol, you know? And for me, that's troubling. And I think commentators, especially like Ben Shapiro and um, Dave Rubin, like Jew, like hourly Jewish. I mean, I mean, I know Ben Shapiro is because he wears a yarmulke on every one of his Daily Wire shows. Um, should be like screaming from the rooftops like, hey guys, we have a white supremacy problem in the conservative party. What is happening? You know? And and the more I try to watch like more right-wing stuff like The Blaze, all that kind of stuff is like, you guys really need to be talking about this. Because what's happening is there's people on the left talking about it, but because we're dumb liberals, they don't, they're like, well, we, we're not listening to you. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you the, have privilege and your life is coming down to a lower level doesn't make that suffering of loss any less. Right. It just means that to the other person perceiving it, like too bad, you already had so much, you should lose it. Right. And and that's how it comes across. And so what you end up doing when you ignore, when you refuse to acknowledge that a person has experienced loss, suffering, pain, um, then they're going to look to someone that does. And Donald Trump did that by acknowledging their pain, even if it was... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Even if it was uh, from a large group of people that have those very white supremacist views. I mean, I have some extremely conservative friends that are very much in the you know the theory that the election was stolen. They're very much in the theory that... Um, it, it was a massive voter fraud and we need to go after it and their complete support of Lord Culp that no. have no racist bones in their body. Again, I mean, not, not to interrupt you, I just want to say I don't think what most of the media said is that everybody is... Uh, I don't think Trump supporters are racist, you know, or whatever. I just think it's one of those things where as time goes on, I feel that they've been complicit. But go ahead. I mean... Well, and, and so what I'm saying is, is but... Because Trump acknowledges, like, hey, yeah, the world is getting worse, and you are losing these things, and it is being taken away from you, and we need to protect this stuff, um, they're willing to accept 
that aspect of it. I don't even know if they're necessarily willing to accept it. I think they're all mad that that's how they're painted. But what they see is the media cherry-picking um, small instances here and there. And let me finish before you come back on that. No, no, I know. I was going to let you. I'll let you talk. <laughs> they, they, they see the media cherry-picking the absolute worst of the right and using that to paint with a broad stroke all Republicans and all conservatives. And, and the unfortunate thing is... is uh, Ben Shapiro, Glenn Beck. Um, well, everybody on the Blaze. I mean, I'm starting. Dude, you should see my YouTube. Anyone on the right, period. Sean Hannity. Yeah. Um, Adam Savage. Oh, I ignored him. I can't. There's only so much bandwidth I have for some of those people. Is it, is it Adam Savage? I'm mixing up the Mythbuster. Yeah. Oh, Adam. yeah. No, no, yeah. Don't, no. He's a good guy. <laughs> Yeah, no. It's really I'm... hard to, to listen to everyone on the left basically say, well, if you're conservative, you're racist, and see, here's the proof. Here's this group of people who went, who was an actually really large group of people who feel really emboldened because they've been attacked, and they feel like they're being heard and listened and spoken to by Donald Trump, who doesn't represent the whole Republican Party, but so many Republicans would rather deal with a Donald Trump who is a horrible um person you can go with that too i was going to say with a, a horrible model for the republican party yeah um but they're willing to deal with that because there's no way in the world they're going to vote for a joe biden or anyone else right. and america as a whole has 100 percent bought into the idea that you can't vote third party so basically yeah. they're trapped yeah yeah i i would say that you are correct, but my point is that um, because the right has not identified and stamped down on those white supremacist whatever, like to me now when I see Glenn Beck and I see especially Ben Shapiro and I hear 
uh, Sean Handy and obviously Tucker Carlson. Uh, all those people talk about you know what the left is doing and owning the libs. It seems incredibly disingenuous to me because I'm like, listen, guys, like the left has faults and we have problems. Uh, but, but neither side is willing to admit it. Right, but I mean, white. In, in my opinion, white supremacy is a massive problem. And the Republican Party needs to be like, hey, man. Um, and, you know, I said it to you, what, months ago, where, you know, I stole it from somebody. I didn't come up with it. But the fact that, you know, Trump has denounced white supremacy. Um, and then I asked you, well, why do they still keep saying that he is their person? And I especially after the Capitol attack and obviously what we physically saw through footage, why is it that white supremacists feel that they are emboldened by the conservative Republican Party? And if that isn't true, then some really established Republicans need to step up and say, get out, you know, get out. And because they haven't, um, to me, it is... I mean, my dad, my dad died of cancer. It is a cancer that it's like, you guys need to address this before you start talking about anything else of unity or reconciliation like this, because it's not going to happen because they are there. They literally marched with tiki torches in Charlotte in what, 2017? So it's like, they're still there, guys. Like in, and the party still continues to just be like, oh, well, that's just outliers and we don't support that. Right. And yet they're not willing to call it out. I mean literally had a Republican uh, council member or like local legislator that was in the march into the Capitol. Yeah. And then he's like, I mean, I'm at work. Or he said something like that. Like I'm here or whatever. You're like, okay. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, and, and it, this is why I've been thinking about Nazis. Cause I've been reading, I sent you those articles about, um, you know, the police officers, uh, there is, in some cities, there is a separate black union for police officers because when they would go to their white superiors and say, this guy is racist, they'd be like, all right, and they wouldn't do anything about it. And so they're like, they had to create a whole new black caucus of uh, police officers. And the person, one of the examples they use in the article, I forget what city, but the person that looks over your online history before you get hired as a police officer, she started posing, posting racist stuff online on Facebook. And so it's like, and then that's the thing too. Like I, I, I got in an argument with a friend of mine that's also conservative when the thing with George Floyd happened. I said, you know, this guy, uh, uh, Derek Chauvin, he had several uh, complaints against him, but we would never know what it is. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to get in rails, but the idea is that like, be, so like I watched The Hill, which is that, um, you know, it's like, the one host is uh, conservative and one host is a Democrat or liberal. And uh, they have their on the radar where they have check marks and they do a monologue and then they check each thing off as they're talking about it. And after the Capitol attack, they have said nothing, especially the uh, conservative guy. And he's like, oh, there's going to be a big reckoning in the Republican Party. And he was talking about other uh, opinion pieces that were written, which is true. There will be, but... That's the thing is like every check mark in that board should start talking about white supremacy. There should at least be one thing of like, hey, guys, we have a problem and we need to address it because it's really going to be hard to come to the table when you're like, hey, I really want to talk about uh, the economy. And it's like, 
um, well, I mean, have you done anything about those white supremacists that are within your ranks? It's like, well, we can't really talk about that, and that's a fringe. It's like, well, if you guys aren't going to reckon with it, then who is? You know, like, and that's a problem. And again, I don't think. And, and at the end of the day, it's not going to be important to the politician until it's important to the voter. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's as simple as it is. So we, the electorate, mm-hmm. we need to be out there voicing, like, hey, this isn't okay. And there's been some Republicans that have stood up and been like, whoa, like, we really have to look at this. But they're pretty much the same ones that have been like, whoa, Donald Trump's kind of a crazy person. Right. And, um, then, and then, I mean, piggybacking off, well, okay, go ahead, go, go with your point, because I was going to... Well, my, my only, like, other thing I was going to say behind that is, and we have seen a few, not many, a handful of Republicans kind of come back a little bit and be like, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to support I think it's crazy that it was only 10. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm actually disappointed that it wasn't more. But also, I will affirm, I'm not a Republican. I lost faith in the Republican Party a long time ago. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you're conservative, obviously. And, and like, I'm not even really a liberal. Like, I'm I'm pretty... I mean, it, I don't know. You're really I, your centrist. No, I think I'm a little bit bold. I mean, I believe in... I believe in um, public health care like I don't think you and I should pay for health care um, even the stuff where it's like sh- we shouldn't even attach it to it well anyway that's getting into the weeds that's like episode four um, but I mean I, I've asked you this but I I've asked you this before and we've talked about it but like the the thing that really bothers me about especially the conservative like commentators like Glenn Beck he did this whole monologue about how he believed that you know we could no longer just have civil discourse because we couldn't agree on basic things meaning that if you and I had an, a difference of opinion, uh, we couldn't just say, oh, oh, you believe that? That's too bad. Why don't we go uh, to the game or something? And the whole time he's pitching the idea that the election was fraudulent. And so here's the deal. I believe that the election was completely legal and binding and the will of the people voted Joe Biden in. And so to me, that is a bedrock of democracy. That isn't a policy dispute like you and I would. I mean, you would agree, right? Like that's, like you and I, you you believe the same thing. And so to you- There's a scary amount of people in the Republican party or just in conservative beliefs that would tell you they agree with that, but then would stand up and say, that's why this election was stolen. We have to fight for it. Right. Well, my question- I I do not think it was stolen, by the way. No, yeah, you you said that you don't, you think it, because, and then my thing is, when you've talked to those people, have you asked them, like, you know, what about the court cases? I mean, do you push back at all? Or is this something that's so frustrating that you're like, I can't engage with that? I have an in-depth conversation with anyone that feels that way. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's all just coming across from social media, and I'm just like, face in hand. Why? Yeah, because that's like my... really smart people that I have a deep level of respect for, and I'm like, how... Do you believe this? Trump's own appointee said there's no evidence. Not only that, but one I couldn't uh, send you the article in time, so I did a screen grab of the quotes, and I'm paraphrasing it, but basically one of the um, Republican congresspeople kind of came out afterwards, like was going home or something, and one of the ardent Trump supporters that thought the election was stolen came to her and said, why didn't you overturn 
you know, the electoral vote. And she said, it didn't matter how much I talked to her, I had to tell her that I could not do that. You know? But here's the deal. And they had two or three people quoting basically similar things. It didn't matter how much I talked and told them I couldn't do it. They didn't hear me and thought that I was a seller. Last week, look at what happened with Mike Pence. Like, Donald Trump trying to push Mike Pence into overturning the election. And he's like, I can't. Yeah. And to the point where he had his team of lawyers review the Constitution and then came back and was like, we can't do it. Yeah. And then Trump totally cussed him out. Um, Yeah, they didn't talk for a little bit, apparently. But see, that's my problem is like, so, but those are the same people that grabbed the tail of the tiger and said, I want this, you know, like, fine, vote for me. You know, they thought maybe they would get some votes out of it. And it's so now this whole thing of, I mean... I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the impeachment, but there has to be some kind of account or, you know, liability or, you know, um, something has to happen, you know? And so now these Republicans that have come out and said, oh, you know, can we just have unity? You know, I'm like, man, come on. Like, you can't do this and you... You, do, you can't do all this and then just back off and go, oh, whoops, you know, like. So, did you see the news article I shared uh, earlier this week about, um, like, having reason, measured response? Uh, no, was it on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, I, I deleted Facebook a while ago, so. Um, Probably. I mean, I deleted the app, so there's some kind of shadow account. If you see anything posted from me, it's not from me. <laughs> uh, well, your account is still there if all you do is delete the app. If you didn't disable your account, yeah. then it's still public. Um, so I shared it. Uh, a mutual friend of ours responded. A really long response underneath it, um, which I didn't have time to respond to. Um, uh, probably the same conservative friend you had your argument with. Probably. And then, um, to which, you know, they made really valid points. Uh, and then my basic response back to it was, look, look, like we, we as the voters, um, have to hold them accountable. But the thing is, is neither side is willing to stand up and say, I'm going to take the high road here and do the right thing because for so long, both Democrats and Republicans have um, done their thing and then pointed the finger at the other side and right. said, you're the devil. Well, what's the, what's the high road, though? What should the, what should the Democrats do to the conservatives? I mean, I, you know, that's... So, so basically the response was, and I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but basically the response was, uh, like, hey, look, what about all this other stuff that happened? Like, yes, there should be accountability, but what about all these other things that happened on the left mm-hmm. and the left didn't have any accountability was basically the response. So it was, what is it? A, um, I think that's a straw, straw man fallacy, basically. Like, yeah, this thing happened, but look at this thing that happened. Yeah, or uh, as I heard it called, what aboutism? What about this? You know, what about... Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, he's right. All of the stuff that he brought up is 100% correct. But no one wants to take accountability for their mistakes well, until the other side takes accountability for their mistakes. Right. So until one side is willing to say, you know what? You're right. We do need to stand up against this. 
and we're going to, and we're going to invite you in to do it too. Like both parties stand up and say, well, you know what? We both need to clean house because there is a bunch of crap going on. Maxine Waters' whole rant earlier this year, um, the, the whole situation with Chop and Chaz in Seattle, Kashana hmm. want literally opening the door for her protesters and bringing them into the city offices mm-hmm. after hours to protest. Like, that's thugism. That's intimidation. It's intentional. It is the exact same thing that happened in the Capitol building. No, it's not. On a smaller not. local scale. It's not. On a smaller local scale. No, it is, no, it they... It's literally the exact same thing. You can't deny it, Joe. This is the exact problem that we're having. Kashama Suwant opened the door and allowed her protesters in to thug the political voices into following their viewpoint. And she let them in. She opened the door and let them in. Well, I mean, there's reports now that some Republicans allowed the protesters to come in the doors. There's also reports. I mean, there's a video of her with her badge opening it and letting people in. Joe. Well, but no, also, not theory, not I mean, it's not. She has zero accountability. But I mean, I don't think they're equatable because there was pipe bombs, Evan. They found pipe bombs well, at the Capitol. No, no, I agree with you on that. There was not pipe bombs or anything else. Right, there wasn't and weapons. There wasn't bombs. There and, wasn't guns. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's a small local microcosm. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So so this is a thing. I'm stealing this from somebody again because uh, the best quotes are stolen. Um, they said, you know, the, the, they are. <laughs> a lot of smart people. It is. Everybody just steals Abraham Lincoln. They're like, that guy's smart. And you're like, yeah, Lincoln is so smart. Okay, Abraham Right. I'll steal all these. Ronald Reagan. I'm, I'm the Noble. smartest guy for stealing all of these things. But their point is. No matter what you feel about how the riots ended, or the the summer riots ended, and again, you shouldn't burn down a police station, you shouldn't hurt officers, you know, violence is abhorrent. Attempt to murder them, literally attempt to murder them. But, yeah, but... Building up concrete in front of the door after you throw a smoke bomb or a firebomb into the building. All right, hang on, hang on. So, yes, that's true, but at the Capitol building, they actually did beat an officer to death. And so, um, anyway, the, the thing is, the, the moment with the BLM this summer happened because people saw what happened to George Floyd and felt moved for to take action. That was their, you know, and it's happened before with Ferguson and all that. But like the idea of people storming the Capitol, like you and I just agreed, is based on a lie. So the thing is, yes, and th- this is another point I want to say. You hear all the time... Yeah, well, th- we both agree that the election was not stolen. So, but the emotion is real. Right, no, but here's the deal. Like, yeah, so, but the emotion is real. But, like, seeing how George Floyd was treated, it is a real thing. And to have that reaction be like, what the, what the heck is going on? So much more than George Floyd, too, though. George Floyd was the straw that broke the Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. So, like, th- and then that's another thing in conservative talk that I hear all the time. Is oh well you know seventy four people seventy four million people voted for Donald Trump, uh you know they just want their voices heard. It's like well listen, eighty four million people voted for Biden, and their voice was heard. And if you want your voice heard, you know what about all these court cases? You know, um and then how many like what's the number you want to get to for you finally to say like okay maybe maybe it was a legal election. So again back to my point. Uh, the little thing, the, the little thing that Glenn Beck is talking about, about how um, we can no longer have, um, 
you know, we can't just randomly not agree on things and go about our days. The thing that I'm not seeing eye to eye with them on is basically the foundation of our democracy. So that is not something that it like voting is voting and the transparency of voting and the voters to have their voice heard. To me, that is not a small issue like, oh, Avin, you don't want everybody to have Medicare because it's too expensive. Cool. Do you want to go see a game or something? It, like the bedrock of our of our electoral system is that avo- the voters have a way to be heard. Now, again, that can be tightened up. You can pass laws for mail-in ballots and processing of ballots. Um, but I don't know. It, my thing is just like that's what I don't like this whole um, – again, the riots were not good. The burnings were not good. The tear gas was not good. The officers uh, killed or injured were not good, But um, and it's abhorrent. But to me, the basic premise of each event was different. And I believe that the BLMs, uh, I, I believe in what they stand for and the fact that they, it isn't just a thing of them being like, oh, I just feel unseen and unheard. It's like through the treatment of George Floyd and Ferguson and all these events we can look to, you can see, well, they kind of aren't, you know, but like this idea with the election it's like after so many cases, you have to be like, okay, well, there's been 30 court cases. Oh, now there's been 40. Oh, now there's been 50. Now it's gone to the Supreme Court. You know what, guys? We lost. That's one thing I'll agree with the Blaze there. They have a South, I think he's a South African commentator, Yako, and he had a good point. He says, hey, why don't we start focusing on the issues again? You know, why don't we, why don't we, through the electorate, like, he said, that's why Democrats are so successful, because I can't believe he said this and nobody laughed. He said, you know, they're passing laws and legislation. And you're like, yeah, because all you guys have been doing for the past four years is like, man, own the libs. And you're like, that's not a policy. That's not a policy at all. But that's Donald Trump, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's who and what he is. He isn't about getting things done. He's, he's a propaganda piece, right. right? And so the whole Republican Party kind of falling in step behind their de facto leader of the Republican Party, the president, have all sort of fallen into these propaganda pieces. Now, some stuff has gotten done. One of the biggest challenges we have is Mitch McConnell is, like, he prides himself on blocking stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's... He prides himself on getting things through. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I have talked privately, and I mean, there is, there has been things Trump has done that have been positive, you know? Um, I think that list is too few and far between. And I, but I, I still think it was, it, it's good. And the list isn't too far and too few between. It's just outweighed by the negative aspects of it. Yeah, and it, it's, it's troubling. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. I don't know. It's again. I, I got. I, I keep harping on the white supremacy thing, but like now, like that's in the back of my mind. It's like, well, you guys allowed like these people to infiltrate your ranks, and so now, when you come talk to me about policy, it's like. Are you guys for seriously talking about the Green New Deal right now when you guys have a you have a white supremacy problem? Like whatever you feel about the Green New Deal, it's like, yeah, that's cool, but like what's gonna happen again if you don't get enough votes? Are you just gonna go dip in this bucket of racist snakes and throw them back on the table and be like, Oh, they're gonna they're gonna vote for me. I'm in, I'm in office, you know? It's like, what are you gonna do again? And now that we've seen, you know, there's posters. Have you seen the posters that like armed protests on capital you know on city capitals it's an orange background there's a flyer going around saying armed protests on the 17th of january and every state capital and then a little asterisk below it it says you know armed at your own peril or your own discretion but we need to fight for democracy here's the events and you know here's the times 
And they're literally calling an arms to action, you know? And, and they're doing it because um, they have 100% bought into the belief that the election was stolen, that it was fraudulent, and that the American democracy is under attack. They're not doing it because they, they want a tyranny or a one-party system. They believe that their election, like, that it was rigged. Now, here's where I stand on it. I don't like Joe Biden. I think Americans hate uh, Trump so much. Oh, yeah. I think they hate him so no, much that you, they were willing to vote for Joe Biden because they were like, we can't have more well, Trump. Well, I mean, you and I completely agree on that. Like, it's, it's like, it's... I don't think 84 million people voted for Joe Biden. I think 84 No, million, they voted for not probably, Trump. Probably 42 million people voted against Donald Trump. Right. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, you and I are... No, you and I are in a complete agreement on that. I mean, just whenever he'd release a statement, you're like, oh, man, a complete sentence. And then that was like... Whenever a picture came out of him sniffing some girl's no. hair. No, no, that, I mean, again, I'll say what I said to our conservative friend. Um, yes, all that is despicable and disgusting. But right now, Trump has, what, 24 counts of sexual assault in a court right now? And he actually has a rape charge against him. And his lawyers tried, for the Department of Justice, tried to go to a judge and say, hey, can we be the lawyers in this case? And they said no, because he wasn't the president when these, these, these things happened, and he can't use the office as the president for his legal counsel. So I'll say the same thing to you that I said to our conservative friend. Yes, everything would ju- that is abhorrent, and it makes me fucking sick when I see him sniff a girl's hair. But 24 open counts of sexual assault in a court and one case of rape in a court right now. Um, that's, that's literally openly talking with someone not knowing he was on a hot mic about grabbing women, grabbing women by their crotch. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, again, to my conservative... Yeah, to my conservative friends of like, oh, but isn't it weird? Yes, yes, it is. It's disgusting. Um, I mean, and, and again... I don't know if I'd say it's disgusting. It is creepy AF. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's definitely creepy vibes. Um... I think uh, Mark Maron said it best in his last comedy special where he said, I think we see it better now. Like, we get the long hugs at the workplace. Like, we get it. Like, stop hugging her. You know, like, we get the, we get the, we get that. And, and I mean, but again, as I said to uh, my friend, is like, well, again, what about this? You know, it's like. So, this, this again comes back to the, the, the earlier point, which I, I probably got a little bit too passionate about. But, what? The side is willing to hold their people to account. Right. The Republican Party needs to hold their people to account. They're yeah. their own party. They need to hold their party to account. They need to go after the people that openly support uh, white supremacists, that don't um, strongly uh, disavow and uh, stand up against white supremacists within their supporters. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to get a lot more of them coming out and doing that. We need to get a lot more of them standing up and saying, like, hey, this was a fair election. There wasn't enough voter fraud to say the election was stolen. And, and they need to do it collectively. The challenge is so many people in the Trump supporting group, and not percentage-wise, but numerically, it's still a really big number, are bought into whatever Trump says. They don't care what other Republican leaders say, and that is the real danger. Yeah. And the whole Q thing, which is just terrifying. Oh, yeah, like, well, the thing, too, like, uh, I mean, we could probably talk about it later, but um, I think 
reading those articles when they were interviewing those people saying, you know, I couldn't, no matter what I said, it wouldn't talk them off the ledge. They thought it was all rigged. The idea is the moment you say, okay, I'm going to contest the election, like, even if you think it's for a political gain, like, you've bought into a lot, you know? And then if you turn away from it, you've, you've lost everything. I mean, Josh Hawley's probably the best example of, is he from Missouri, I think? He's the best example of what swiftly happens when you're like, oh, this is totally blow up on my face. You know, he uh, lost his book deal. Uh, his, what, his mentor said, oh, yeah, he's garbage, basically. I don't want to be associated with him, I think. I mean, there's just, like, you immediately have action. with Trump right now is businesses are backing away from his brand like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And no one wants to be associated with that brand anymore of any scale. Like, he's, he's going to lose his fortune. Oh, it's, it's going to be, I mean, when he gets out of office, you know, there's already been reports about his tax problems and his debt problems, you know, and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and apparently, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that he tried to, he wants to live at Mar-a-Lago, but when he bought it as a golf course... There was like some writer on the closet. It, it was like a historical site for something, and nobody could live there. Like you could stay there, like in a hotel for the night or whatever, but you can't have like a permanent residency. And so now he's having to deal with literally trying to find a place to live. So um, there's that. If he owns enough properties. He'll find a place to live. Yeah, if he owns them for much longer, like in the next couple of years when those <laughs> proceedings go through and everything. The thing is, if he, he owns enough properties, he'll be fine. He can sell them off and make a profit on them. Right. I mean, yeah. If um, even if he... Well, yeah. The... Um, where I was going before we kind of branched off... What? Discussing, <laughs> um, kind of being a bit passionate uh, in my previous rant about Shamus want is you talk about, like, how do we sit down and discuss policy with conservatives, Republicans, when they've got this white supremacy problem. And what you're running into, since neither side is willing to acknowledge their faults, the Republican side, the conservative side, is doing the same thing. And that's where this finger pointing is right now. Well, but all these riots over the summer, which, they're correct. The riots are bad. Most rational people I talk to agree. You shouldn't be burning down innocent businesses. You shouldn't be beating people in the street. We shouldn't be having riots. You know, we shouldn't be um, supporting these things. These are wrong. But in so many instances, Democratic governors and Democratic congressmen and Democratic senators didn't condemn that. And so Republicans are looking at, well, you can't take the high road. You didn't condemn it. Why do we have to condemn it? And they're not seeing that it's not equivalent. They're not owning that, like, what happened here was people were upset about an actual thing. What happened here is you guys didn't actually own that the election was real and you built up this insurrectionist feeling right no i mean that that's my only point that that's my point is that i don't think that like i said i don't think the riots are right or anything but i think the basic it's it's emotion it's feeling yeah but i mean i think i mean i think we're not logical no yeah i agree but i think the feeling is somewhat validated in the George Floyd. Like, not to say that the riots are right. You do. Put yourself in the mind of the other side of it, though. Oh, no, I know they were there. Like, yeah, I know what the other side thinks. Like, I watch all these Blaze things and uh, way more than a, a liberal uh, cuck like myself should watch that stuff, I think. Um, I It's just so... Um, 
I don't know. It's just I because it, you're trying to understand what's going on in the mindset. If you're you're the exception to the rule, Joe. Almost everyone, and I don't mean this on on the left. I mean almost everyone is intentionally living in an echo chamber. They want to associate with those that they agree with and that they identify with. It's it's a natural human thing. We look at a thing. We go, this is like me. And so I enjoy that. I'm going to be with this thing that's like me. It's evolved and it's intentional. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's intentional, but I mean, it's it's evolved and it's it's a part of our nature. It's not something that we naturally move against. So, so you're the exception to the rule. Yeah. The point I'm making, though, is, is they may not be right, but it is the viewpoint. Yeah, and but... So that's why we're running into it. So if the Democratic Party, like legitimately... If the Democratic Party as a whole went, you know what, Republicans, you're right. We should have come up against this. We were totally wrong. We're going to go after our party, and we're going to clean house against these people that incited this reaction within uh, our base. Yeah. Well, I mean... responses is that you also do it. Like, let's both be civil. Let's clear out the trash in our parties. What? I mean, they did make arrests. And neither party do it. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, they did make arrests when those riots took place. Um, and to to your point of, like, go after the people that started this incident, it's like, so then you go back to white supremacy. It's like, there's a group of people, minorities, that feel that, um, you know, again, you and I have talked about this on my other podcast. You know, we both lost our fathers. We understand what grief is. You know, we understand what it is to have a, you know, Father's Day sucks. I hate Father's Day now. I used to love Father's Day. I hate it. Um and, and that grief, like, everybody has grief and experiences grief in a different way. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's been pointed out, like, when we lost, when the Democrats lost the election in 2016, uh, there was talk of, like, hey, um, you know, is this right? I mean, they passed legislation in 2019 for some of these states for mail-in ballots. We went to the issues and said, well, let's, well, I think it was more so the Republicans, but it's like, we started talking about the issues, and yes, we did complain about irregularities and everything, but we didn't storm the Capitol. You know, everybody, you know, Hillary conceded the next day. I remember calling you going, well, you know, Trump said something. Um, you know, he said he wasn't going to go after Hillary. You know, we'll see. Maybe this will all turn out great. You know, maybe maybe it'll turn out for the better. You know, I don't know. Um, but it definitely hasn't. And, and again, I think... Um, I, I hate to say it, I, I think it just comes back again to the roots of your party. Like, if you want to look at liberals and say, you guys, you know, you guys riot and burn stuff, and then you start looking at the issues of like, well, yeah, because we feel that there is a racial disparity, and I think there is enough smoke that there is fire that we can see that. I mean, that I mean, there's a riot. That's probably a terrible example. But the idea is, I think there's enough basis for an argument there to be pro, yes, there is racial disparities in our society. So that four leads to this. When you start with the lie of, hey, this election was stolen, like, that's to me completely disingenuous to then look at the other side and go, we've based our whole resistance on just a facade. So then you need to atone for your problems. It's like, well, we have a legitimate gripe for why these things have happened. You people that are at the Capitol building protesting and the people that are standing up against it aren't owning the lie. They believe the lie because they're bought in hook, line, and sinker to the extremely charismatic leader. That is terrifying. Yeah. We have... You and I agree on that. That is terrifying that that many people... We, as a society, have fallen into 
it's not real truth. Well, no, there's there's all kinds of evidence and there's all kinds of uh, information that proves this is true. Well, I don't feel that it's true, so I'm not going to acknowledge it. That's not my truth. And Hey, Avin, uh, facts don't care about your feelings, all right? Just to quote Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings at all. And He ben smiled. Shapiro, For the audio listeners, Avin just smiled. He live his truth because he's correct. Facts don't care about your feelings. But you know what? We live in a society that is moving further and further and further and further into live your own truth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and yeah. that's coming from... A different side than the conservative side, but the conservative side is sure living it out right now. Yeah, and and I mean, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, the other thing I want to talk about, uh, which I should actually just write a note so I know, but is um, you know, the the whole social media ban, which was a big deal. And me being liberal, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like even me, like conservatives are like, oh no. And me being liberal, Angela I'm like, Merkel. Angela Merkel coming out against it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. It, 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 well, it's like the yeah, it's really bad when no, it's not the social media ban, but the actual like deplatforming of Parler. I think is what she came out against. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, they're a private company. For that, I understand them looking at all this stuff online, saying we have to shut the megaphone, we have to shut the digital megaphone down. These people are inciting violence. There's, there's a lot more than just that, though. Too, a lot more has come out over the last week where Amazon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. like we're not trying to silence them. Like, there's way more stuff. Like, their their people were threatening the lives of our employees. Yeah. Well, I think too is um, there was a hacker. She had a really strange name, but she worked with a bunch of people. They set up servers, and when they heard Parlor was going down, they worked for like. She said it was like all gas, no brakes, twenty four hours, writing all this code to basically rip everything off Parlor servers before they went down. It wasn't even writing a lot of code. It was a really simple process. I, I, I read an article on it, too. Um, it wasn't even really hacking, per se. All she did was scrape the website. So she wrote a script, essentially, that went through and went through every single post and pulled it. And she partnered with another hacking organization. Yeah. Or and people were donating, donating money because they had to keep servers open or you know to download all this because stuff? Because it was massive. Terabytes upon terabytes upon terabytes yeah. upon terabytes of data. Yeah. Um, which, you know what? great because a lot of the people out there that were at these protests were being really open about what was going on because parlor had like no checks their check and balance system was like an internal voting system or an internal jury basically (laughs) of users these threats of violence are fine like (laughs) no i agree that person should be stabbed in the street yeah well that that's my thing is like part of me is like they decided like Amazon's like, we need to shut this digital megaphone down. Now, again, that's it. It's a dangerous president precedent because they could be like, hey, we're not going to, your guys' dumb podcast on uh, politics, we're going to shut that off, which sucks. But um, I, I think... The problem is it feeds the ongoing lie that they're Facebook, be- Twitter, uh, all these other social media platforms are silencing conservative voices. And it feeds that lie and it makes them look even worse. Yeah, and then within the, the base that's accusing them. Yeah, and and again, it does set a different precedent. But um, I think mm-hmm. the biggest example I think that well, uh, how was I going to say this? So um, partly got shut down, and then uh, how was I going to phrase this? So uh, the you know I oh okay that's what I was going to say. So I think it's terrible they shut them down. But if I was in a law enforcement whatever, I think I'd be like no, keep it up. 
Like, we want to find these people. You know what I mean? There is... Which is what the gal that scraped Parler basically did it for, was to give it to law enforcement. Yeah. And then, you know, there's been... I read articles after all this happened that there's groups of people out there online that are, like, tracking white supremacists. And they're like, here's where so-and-so... Like, who is this person? Oh, really? I they were a friend at church who is an intelligence investigator, and he wrote an article a few months ago on... Um, white nationalism is the biggest terrorist threat to the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he had a lot of friends come after him. And they're like, what about Antifa? Antifa's so much worse. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, I'm not discrediting that, but that's not the biggest threat. Yeah, especially now after the Capitol. Like I said, there was pipe bombs. They had Molotov cocktails. They had a map of different states to meet up in. They had zip ties. They were going to supposedly zip tie members of Congress and make them, uh, I don't know. That's another thing. Ben Shapiro came out too, and he was like, "I have zip ties at home. Like zip ties aren't." Oh yeah, I was. Not when they're tied up the way his were. I I read I read that, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of Ben Shapiro Twitter jokes out there where they'll they'll take his tweet out and superimpose like a joke tweet. And I read that, and I was like, that's got to be one of those superimposed joke tweets because there's no way that someone in this climate would just be like, "Oh, I have zip ties at home." Like, man, it just seems really bad that that. I don't know. I, like, it. It. I guess, like, from my perspective as an American citizen, as someone who's living in this country right now, like, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting things to get worse, way worse, before they get any better. Oh yeah. Um, and then, and I am truly concerned for the future of our country because I don't think Joe Biden is going to be a unifying force. And uh, God forbid he dies and Kamala Harris becomes president. Right. Or. Joe Biden gets removed because he becomes uh, incapable of performing duties because that'll just make it that much more divisive. Not saying that Kamala Harris is a bad person, but she's more left than Biden is. At least having a more centrist politician in office is somewhat helpful. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I kind of agree I with that. I don't expect the next few years to be smooth. I expect the next few years to be even worse. Yeah, I mean, the, like it's been pointed out by people on the left, the only thing that Biden could really do to really improve people's lives is uh, pick up the rate of vaccination and be able to deliver on that. And so people can actually see that their life is getting back to normal. I mean, whether that's he has the ability to do that or not, I don't know. Uh, it's I trend- appreciate that he's going to be pushing through more stimulus. I, I, I was super, super ticked off at McConnell and Pelosi the last couple months of the year before we finally got the stimulus bill that we did get. Yeah, I mean, it was it was meager. <clears throat> That's another thing. We had a $1.9 trillion agreement. And All right. then uh, McConnell, no. I think we had a $1.9 trillion agreement in, like, October. I could be remembering this wrong. Maybe it's, like, 1.8 or something like that. And Pelosi was like, it's not big enough. But McConnell was actually going to pass it. And instead, what we ended up getting was a $900 billion or basically a $1 trillion package in December after the election. Yeah. And, and before that, you know, McConnell wasn't passing it because it was too big. I think they got one point two. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't it was what like they wanted. Deal. Yeah. And both sides were like, we need more. No, it's too big. We need more. No, it's too big. And it's like, guys, just pass the damn thing. Americans are suffering. Yeah. Like, that's your job. Yeah, that, that, that's another thing. I mean... Not to get down the COVID. I mean, it sounds terrible. It's a pandemic. I mean, we could talk for another hour about COVID. I mean, we could. But but what what I'm seeing online uh, from the right, this idea of opening the economy, like I'm going to take my thoughts of that out. 
But reading those comments just reinforces what a failure everything has been. Like, if in the beginning Trump had a national response, got with the governors and said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to start producing masks, uh, and we're going to lock down as a nation for eight weeks. We're going to produce masks. We're going to start you know, getting healthcare stuff shored up. We're going to make ventilators. And then we'll start doing a phase one and two rollout as need. I, as- I don't know that Trump would have come out on the produce the mask things right away. Because remember, Fauci would even say, don't use masks. They're oh, not going to help you any. That's true. And, and that's one thing I, I do like Fauci. You know, as many people have pointed out in the medical community, he literally wrote a book on viral outbreaks and stuff like that. But the idea is he, he admitted, he's like, because we didn't have any masks. If I told everybody to wear a mask, medical people couldn't wear masks. You know, and so I wish he just would have leveled and said, hey, we don't have enough masks. You know, you guys need to start using cloth. But my point is the moment you and then you don't pay people to stay home, you know, you don't say, hey, here's your PPE loan. Hey, why don't we just do a forbearance on your 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 business lease, your all that stuff. We're just going to do a forbearance for a whole bunch of good stuff we could have done, better things we could have done. I mean, right. in hindsight, there's so much better we could have done. I don't know that. Clinton would have done a whole lot better in the initial response, but I do think long-term the Democratic Party would have been more supportive of the American people than the Republican Party was. But if Clinton had won, I still think Congress that we have currently, the Senate and the... the They would have still dug their heels in and stopped everything. Would have still been divided, and she still wouldn't have been able to have gotten a whole heck of a lot done. But at least the messaging to the American people would have been better. Yeah. Um, Of which Trump's denialism in the beginning was just, like... Seriously? Really? Like, that's, that's what you're going to double down on? Yeah. yeah well, he basically just... feel the other way, you're just going to take the opposite stance instead of doing the right thing? Yeah, I think uh, it was quoting... I, I didn't read the op-ed, but somebody was quoting this op-ed, and they said basically... The, the writer of the op-ed said basically now, as it stands right now, the Republican Party is the party of retraction. So instead of me coming to you going, hey, um, you know, we really need to work on climate change. They say, screw you, lib, and they just, you know what I mean? So instead of even talking about anything, it's like, well, you're liberal, so meh. And then then that fuels into the, well, they're conservative, so meh. both parties at the moment. Personally, I think we've built up these uh, enemies to the point where neither side's willing to work with the other side. Yeah. You can look at it. You can, you can look at the voting record over the last... 50, 70 years or whatever it is, and you can see that progressively from the mid-80s and 90s, like the amount of working across the aisle has basically become non-existent. Yeah, because, um, well, I mean, there's tons of reasons for that. But, I mean, I don't know. I it, To me, it just seems Social like... Media only fuse it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it just seems like I think there is going to be a massive reckoning in the conservative party for what is going on. And, and, and to me, again, it comes to, like, it, at least Ben Shapiro should really be out there like, hey, guys, um, we really got to talk about white supremacy <laughs> because they were actually in the Capitol. Somebody had a Confederate flag in the Capitol. And I read this and they said it varies from what I read. It was some professor was more writing. Than one. What? I think it was more than one Confederate flag. Right. Well, no, but what I was reading was this, a history professor saying, uh, and they said it varies. Sometimes it's, this isn't true, but it is happening to be true. Is In Germany, because they can't fly the swastika, they start using the Confederate flag. 
because everybody knows it. And, and he said it, 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 um, it's changed a little bit. Some people have used it at rallies to be a rebel because obviously that was the rebel flag. But they said some people are using it as a sign of white supremacy of like, oh, we, we all understand what this is. You know, we understand what this message is. So they said it varies. Sometimes it could be benign to be like, I stand against you. But then also some people are just saying, well, I can't. In other countries where the swastika is banned, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to fly this flag and everybody kind of knows what's going on. And that happens in America too. When that guy walked in to the Capitol, we all knew exactly what that was. You know, like, I'm not dumb enough. It's a Dukes of Hazzard fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> Did you, as a random aside, have you seen that remake of the Dukes of Hazzard that came out in like mid 2000s? It had like Jessica Simpson. There was a great scene where they got the General Lee, um, they got the General Lee, they had to have it painted or something. And they didn't look at the roof and the guy said, hey, um, you know, I painted it for you. I made it look nice. I, get, I, I did a little something extra too. And they were like, it was um, Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott. And they're like, okay. Well, then they were they were in Georgia filming and they were in Atlanta going, you could see them going into Atlanta and they're stuck in bumper to bunker. And people kept pulling up going, go back to your clan meeting. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, they're like, oh, you guys forgot your hoods. And they're saying all this stuff. And they're both looking at each other like, I don't understand what's going on. And then Sean gets out and looks at the hood. And he goes, oh, man. <laughs> like, it, they put the Confederate flag on top of the, uh, the General Lee. And I was like, that's hilarious that they're like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> like, it, it's just weird. But, I mean, that, that, guy knew, that guy knew what it was when he did that. So, I, it's, it's, to me, it's bad. And to me, like, you know. Yeah, and, and again... I shouldn't say no one's willing to. Not enough members of the Republican Party, the, the actual voted-in representatives, are willing to stand up and say no. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a thing, too, is that, to me, is the number one thing. Again, on the left, we have problems, right? Like, But what I've heard when that was happening, I was listening to a lot of grief podcasts, and people, you know, just in the news talking... And there was people in the community working with law enforcement, uh, minorities, working with law enforcement, talking about these issues, right? But then the moment that flares up, like George Floyd, they were dejected. They said, what do we do now? Because we've been working to all this, and this is exactly what happens. And now I'm going to have to go to people on of every race and say, what do we do here? And people aren't going to listen because of the riots. And then, obviously, the, repeat, the police's response to the riots, you know? Them knocking that guy on the concrete and, I mean, I don't know, was he, was he in a coma for a while or something? Like, it's all these stories of, like, and then when you look at that and you're on the resistance to left and you've pushed the police back or, as film had shown, people were kneeling and the cops just pepper sprayed them. So then the left is like, well, of course we're fighting this. Look at this. We're kneeling and praying and we're getting pepper sprayed. So screw the establishment. Screw the police and all this stuff, you know? So That's how you feed into the whole ACAB movement, which is also just too far. Defund the police, which is, you know, so much better it could be marketed and positioned for, for benefit. Yeah, I mean, that is a terrible slogan, I'll say. Um, I actually, I'll probably send it to you, but in our state, we're in Washington State, there was a program that was used in, like, one city where what they did is instead of just sending police out to... Uh, it was, like, nonviolent stuff. Like, they get a call of, like, a homeless guy on a bench... And usually they'd send a cop. Well, this was they were sending out uh, psychiatrists and mental health workers. And a social worker along with the officer. It happened up here in Snohomish County. And it was extremely effective, but it didn't get funded. Right. And then the thing was, you know, people have pointed out, like, 
Hey, police spend a lot of their time not policing. Like they're doing paperwork. They're again going out to get the homeless guy on the bench or the homeless person on the bench. And that's taking away from them, you know, investigating a murder or, you know, tracking down a robbery or something, you know? Responding to other things that are far more appropriate for police work. Instead, police officers are being used as social workers. Yeah. And they're not trained as social workers. They're trained as law enforcement officers. Yeah. And I mean... No, see, and, and that's what I was getting at. Like, there's way better ways that we could position this and and have it work for both sides. But no, it's it's combative. Um, I I detest the whole ACAB movement. And I know people that are... In What's, I actually haven't heard of that. What is the... So during a lot of the BLM protests, particularly in Seattle and in Portland, people were spray painting uh, ACAB everywhere. A-C-A-B. All cops are bastards. Oh. Um, which you and I have at least one mutual friend that is a police officer. Mm -hmm. I have multiple friends that are police officers, and they are wonderful, loving, kind people who are really out there honestly trying to help people. Um, You can't paint all of them as bastards, but the, the, the viewpoint, the position, the... Uh, the rallying cry is is that by virtue of being a police officer, because of the Brotherhood of Blue, you support a system of oppression. Well, it comes back to the Republican Party, right? I don't think all Republican Party members are white supremacists, but because you've literally allowed them into the Capitol, it looks like you guys are committing a robbery and you're the getaway driver and you just let the guy in the back seat. So now with police, because there's unions, there's very little accountability, you can be fired in a state from an officer and just go be an officer in another state because of rules and regulations. So the idea is there is good officers out there, but where are those people saying, hey, get this person out of the force. They're racist. They need to go. I I think think it goes further than there are good officers out there. I think the vast (coughs) majority of officers are good officers. And... The, the bad ones that are allowed to stay make the whole rest look bad because they're allowed to stay. Yeah. And it's the same thing within the Republican Party. The vast majority of Republicans are not racists. They're not out there storming the Capitol building. The vast majority of them are good people who probably swallowed their pride and voted for Trump or supported him even this time around because there's no way in the world they're voting for Joe Biden because he's just way too left for them to swallow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I'm not... Yeah, again, I'm... For third party I, well, I did. I mean, I did years ago. And um, in the 2016 election, I didn't vote for either. Um, and that was... Um, my candidate didn't win, um, but... Uh, yeah, you voted Our for. Canada didn't win. We voted for the same person. Well, you. Well, in the twenty twenty election, you voted for a third party. You voted for Jorgensen. Yep. Yeah, and I I yep. voted for Biden. Um, our conservative friend was really mad at me and said that he thought I was smarter than that, um, which was weird. Uh, I was like, well, I am smarter than that, uh, but I to me it just seems like there is an there is an institution there has been, um, and I'm gonna read more about it and I'll probably talk to you about it, but. There's been people writing about basically the, the modern Republican Party from William Buckley Jr. from uh, the National Review about there was people approaching him that were white supremacists that he was like, oh, man, this is bad. These people keep writing me and they keep talking and they're conservative. But 
at that moment, like, where are these people that are standing up saying, this is unacceptable? And the, the longer this goes on, this is William Buckley Jr., so this is like the 50s. The longer this goes on, the more it just looks like, okay, well, you guys have... It's literally, and this is a sh really shitty example, this is Hail Hydra from the Marvel Universe. This is everybody being in S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the Republican Party, party thinking they're S.H.I.E.L.D., saying we're here to protect people, and literally white supremacists leading in saying Hail Hydra. Like, that's what this is. It's like you guys have been so indoctrinated with... Uh, not you guys, sorry. That's The conservative movement has been indoctrinated with... Uh, with um, white supremacy that it's like, guys, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? It's like Jordan Peterson right now. He's gone to rehab and he's telling people how to live their life. And he just got out of rehab and he's still dealing with substance abuse. And he's like, hey, I just wrote a new book on how to live your life. And you're like, get out of here, man. Like, what do you, what in the world are you talking about? So like, that's, I mean, you can say that I'm radical or whatever, but this really shows a lens. It's like, so is this what you guys are really about? Because if you're not going to talk about it, I'm going to keep thinking that. The, every day that Ben Shapiro goes on his show and doesn't talk about the people that walk through the Capitol with Nazi propaganda and stuff on there, when every day he doesn't talk about the tiki torches and all this stuff, which he might have, uh, I couldn't bring myself to listen to him then. Uh, I just find the tiki torches to be somewhat comical. I think it did you hear that they came out with a statement and said, we do not support this. Like, we just produce tiki torches. Please don't come after us. I think it's, I think it's Yeah, that would have been funnier though if they would have had like homemade torches, you know. Um, I don't. It, it, I think the tiki torches is funnier. That's just me. I, I just laugh about it because it was like, but you guys talk about like being men and manly, and, and then you go out and you buy like a yeah something a, you'd a like. Store tiki torch. Yeah, I, I haven't seen those in a barbecue in years, so I don't know what they they like symbol man. Like I didn't mean to attack you, but my thing is like everybody that's now a conservative. And again, I'll talk, like you and I have talked about the issues tons of times. We can talk about climate change or the economy. I don't, I don't know why I keep saying climate change, but we can talk about any issue. But well, the, because for the most part, the conservative movement um, well, they don't. is against like, climate change ain't real. Yeah, which, I mean, you've talked, like, you know. Science is pretty settled. Yeah, yeah. But, but my point, to me, it's getting to the point with climate change where the moment you talk to me about, well, I don't really know yet. It's basically, I'm equating you with a flat earther. You know, it's like, no, no. We know the earth is round. We know temperatures are going up. We know, like, we, I don't need you. But, I mean, that's the idea. So, like, the more Republicans want to reach out to me and say, well, let's talk about the issues. It's like, are you guys going to talk about white supremacy? Because at least on the left, no matter if you think we're overreacting, they have been like, hey, guys, these police officers are writing racist things on Facebook. Maybe you guys should talk about that. And they're like, oh, we're just going to move them to another department, and we're not going to talk about that. Or, you know, they're going to be on administrative leave. So to me, it's like, you guys, um, what are you going to do about it? So, like, every day it goes on, and I, again, I don't think everybody is racist, but in a crime, you can be an accomplice in a crime. You can literally drive someone to the scene of a crime, or you can... You can hide a weapon. What you're looking for here is complicit. Yeah, they're complicit in this going on. It angers me that so many conservatives are like, I mean, but really, but really what it's about is election integrity. You're like, is it really about election integrity or is it about like 
that idea that like you don't want to talk about like hey maybe we got a problem you know okay so how come you're only worried about election integrity in these very specific states oh yeah in the swing states yeah what about what about washington hey i didn't hear anything about election integrity in our state oh actually you Well, how many, what do we have, like... Even, even Dory Monson, who interviewed him, was like, no, you lost the election. Yeah. Dory Monson is like, I actually like him, but... No, but but that that's, I think that's what, like, my wife uh, made fun of me, because I go, oh, yeah, Evan and I will probably talk for, you know, an hour and a half or so, which has only been about an hour, hour 15, but uh, she's like, you guys are going to talk for, like, four hours. I'm like, well, we have to have more episodes, so it'll probably be more than that. But, like, um, but the whole thing is, like, uh, you know, you're my friend, and I've known you for a long time, but it feels at this point, like... I'm not. That sounds. See, the thing is, is, I don't disagree with you on these points. I still have a conservative viewpoint, but also agree that the, the Republican Party and the conservative movement as a whole needs to take account and and clear out the white supremacist aspect for a whole bunch of reasons. One, like we're the United States of America, we have moved past this, but we still carry this scar, and so we have to help heal it. I don't think my my earlier message about we need to hear each other's pain, we need to grieve with one another. Um, I don't think that applies just to the left. It applies to the right, too. Like, yeah, there's a lot of minorities in America, not just blacks, a lot of minorities just, in America that have been really marginalized. Well, there, there's tons of studies on... Um, the. I'll send you... There's, an art, there's a magazine called Descent, and this woman wrote a massive history about where the idea of tax cuts came from and the fact that it was after the Confederacy fell, I read, it's a massive article. I got like three quarters of the way through and had to go to bed. But um, it was, it's, it's massive. And she talks about, there was a group of black, there was a black caucus of lawmakers that were in a neighborhood with poor white people and said, hey, we want to build schools and roads and all this stuff. And we're going to come up with money. And like, we just need some government money because obviously we can't just build a road like through donations. And there was a confederate caucus that came after them and said well why are we spending so much money why are these people spending your tax dollars for roads and schools and so they said this idea of tax breaks kind of came from the confederacy or at least hibernated in there like a germ of an idea and it crushed the black caucus and they the idea was that like racism hurts uh you know um general racism and inequality hurts everybody it doesn't just hurt the minorities and white people need to be like, man, if, you know, if we have a universal basic income that goes to everybody, then we're all kind of in this together as opposed to a corporate bailout or something that's just hoping the 1%, you know, like it's hurting everybody. And when white people go, hey, like you said, we all experience grief. If white people look around and go, this is hurting me too. You know, the fact that I have to, I can't do this or I can't do that or whatever, you know, like that's important. And, and again, the... You know, like you said, it's it's going to be a massive. I think, I think it's hopefully, in the Republican Party, there is a big. Hey guys, we really have to have a meeting. You know, uh, and I hope they record it and I hope they put it online <laughs> because I would like to see the meeting of them. You know, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I'm rambling. They they won't, unfortunately. Yeah, because two days from, after. From my perspective, I just have so little um, respect for our elected politicians. Um, our, our elected officials just they only care about staying in office in the power
power that they levy through it. Yeah. And so until we, the voters, actually hold them to account, nothing will change. Right. And what ends up happening is most of us aren't involved in the electoral process. And when I mean involved in the electoral process, we're not putting up candidates in the primary system. We're not really involved a whole lot in the primary system. Right. I think the last couple of elections have been a lot more interesting for that because there's been so many people. Um, well, last time it was, this, this election, there were so many Democrats. And so it got a lot of press because it was like all these people and there was a lot of talk about it because yeah. this election was such a big deal. And in the last election, I think it started getting a lot of press on the Republican side when Trump actually started getting traction. Yeah, I mean, that was like a really bad... There's two backhanded gifts that Donald Trump uh, gave to the... Well, I mean, there's several, but there's two big ones I can see that he gave to the Democratic Party. One was telling people to, to not vote. That was great for him to do that, to just tell his constituents, it's all rigged, don't vote. Because in the middle of all those proceedings with the court cases... And they're like, hey, there was election fraud here. And Republicans have stood up, and I've seen the footage of them going, well, what about this Senate thing? Should I vote in that? Because if it's rigged, there's no point in me voting. And they're like, no, 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 you need to vote. But the voting is rigged. Like, that's a terrible message. And two, Donald Trump did make people care about politics again. You know, when when Obama was in office, you know, there's talk on the left. It's like, hey, we were kind of asleep. You know, like it was, we were we were cruising. For good or ill, we were cruising, right? And when Trump came in office, everybody literally woke up and said, what is happening? And that's made a lot more people more vocal, which is great. You know, like you said, more people get need to get. And even on the on both sides, on the conservative side and the the liberal side, you know, of uh, we need to be the only ones we hear are the extremes and the extremes are running the parties. Yeah. Yeah. Because the extremes are the only ones being vocal. The extremes of the conservative uh, right wing portion of our population is all we see and all we hear in the extremes of the left yeah. uh, end of the political spectrum in our population are all we hear on the left. And the reality of it is, is the vast majority of Americans are in the middle all sitting here going, what yeah. is going on? What's happening? What's happening? Well, my question is, like you said, you know, you have obviously conservative friends and, and they believe the election fraud thing. Like you haven't, you said it's just too painful to ask them a question and be like, why do you, why? <laughs> why do you? Well, I haven't had a good context really ever have that conversation i just don't think social media is the right place to be like, oh I, yeah why? like the yeah that may, and i think again uh from what i've heard on the left well actually the hill brought this up to sager the conservative actually brought this up he said you know what can change people's minds is actual policy if biden comes in again like we said before if he comes in and gives people vaccines makes it safer for people to walk around and then starts handing out checks and people are able to have a better quality of life and then if people are able to go outside and businesses can open, uh, the economy the economy will boom, you know? And then if he can keep those things going, like, he's going to have a really good, at least first couple years in office, you know? And, uh, I, I mean, there's talk on the left, like, Biden's not our guy, and he's not, he's not dramatic enough, you know? But we've talked privately before about Trump won because he was a firebrand. I mean, to come out there and say, we're going to build a wall, holy crap, like, that's crazy. Oh. In sales, there is a phrase, motion creates emotion. Mm. Um, Why don't you tell me that four years ago, man? (laughs) When you move, you make people emotional, right? But the reason for that is emotion is what evokes people to take action. Fear or desire are pretty much the primary emotion. 
that politicians are trying to trigger. And it's really easy to trigger fear as a politician. And that's all our politicians have fallen on for the last three elections. Yeah. Four elections. There's we're gonna build up fear of racism from mm-hmm. the Democrats. And that's we're gonna build up fear of taking away your guns on the Republican side. Yeah. And we're gonna build up fear of, you know, abortions at every drugstore on the Republican side. If you vote for the Democrat, there's going to be abortions at every drugstore, and they're going to come and take your guns. And, and we're running into that right now with conservative commentators talking about um, Beto O'Rourke opening his mouth and putting his foot in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, heck yeah, I'm coming to your house to take your gun. Yeah, like, well, well, I mean, there was another article I read when all this happened where they said, okay, the guy said the left, you know, the riots were bad, and he was very honest about, you know, we deplore violence. But we, we have now physically seen that the Republican Party has a branch that is armed. You, well, that, that, oh, yes, we have seen that. But that wasn't my point. My, my whole point was we've fallen into these, these positions of building, uh, of using fear. And I want to see a real leader come out. I want to see, I, I long for genuine leadership. I long for someone that actually stands up that genuinely wants to bring America together. That like Hillary Clinton's biggest mistake was def- getting caught on tape. Well, actually, not even getting caught on tape. She shouldn't have said it to begin with. Referring to conservatives as a bucket of deplorables. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's um, politically really bad. But I mean, well, it's not politically really bad. It one hundred percent proves that she doesn't see half of America as her constituency. She doesn't even care that they exist. There's no desire or intention at all to recognize them in any conversation. Yeah, well, that's true. But my point, that article went on to say, so we know that the arm of the Republican Party is armed, and we've known that for a long time. There's people that have several guns. You and I know them. I have a a gun. Um, They're armed, and they're willing to use arms. Now, we've heard about that for years. But now with the thing on the Capitol, we have seen it. We have seen that they're armed. And at the end of the article, he says, you know who else has that? Hezbollah. They're, okay. What, what, what's the point he's getting at in making that comparison? He says, so now the Republican Party will, like, for all the terrorism and stuff that they talk about, they're now going to be compared to Hezbollah. Because that is exactly what Hezbollah is. It's a part of the government that is armed insurrectionists that has no problem <clears throat> using force to enact their will. Hence them storming the Capitol. Hence them wanting to zip tie things to keep Donald Trump in, in office. And he said, you know, this... It's a pretty bad look um, for, you know, for them to be compared so, to. So, so is your point in that that we should be taking their guns? No, no. My, my point is that, like, it's a really bad comparison to come back from, you know. And I, 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 wa- I want, I don't know, it's hard. Again, it's a bad look, but it's not going to affect policy. That, that's... I mean, it may. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it could. I mean, it could embolden more liberals to really double down on the we're taking your guns thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, the whole viewpoint of the, well, I don't, I can't speak for all conservatives. I'm not all conservatives, but at least from my position, like I don't own a gun for, for personal reasons, but I am very much support of gun ownership in the United States. And the reason is my belief is that the reason that the right to bear arms is protected is so that we, the people, can stand up against an oppressive government. 
the American population is rational enough as a whole to recognize a truly oppressive government versus a manipulative, charismatic leader. Yeah, I mean that—that's what happened, you know. And and then, and uh, I don't know. It's I mean I'm I'm kind of talking in circles, but I just feel that, you know, like I'll I'll talk to conservatives about issues, but it feels disingenuous when they haven't addressed the basic core people that have that are in their party that have they've allowed to be there and you know your pastor should be like hey i don't know if he did he might tomorrow like hey we need to denounce these people like i've seen the same photos that you guys have seen i've seen the footage you know like this isn't this isn't right you know there was that famous speech that a military general gave for a um it was some graduating class or something, or I don't know if they were graduating, but they found like some white supremacist paraphernalia like in the barracks, in one of the barracks, and he just gave a speech to the whole campus and said, if, if this is you, you are not welcome here, you know? And there needs to be someone in the Republican Party that says that. Hey, if this is you, you're not welcome here. Like, I don't care, walk into the ocean. I don't, I don't care what you do. Just, you're not welcome here. Like, go somewhere else. And I, I think that's... Again, as more and more time goes on and nobody says anything about it, it seems more and more disingenuous when you come up to me and say, oh, let's talk about the economy. <laughs> Do you really want to talk about the economy? The, the only danger in it, I see, and there's a, a legitimate, genuine need for conservatives to clear out racism, to not uh, be complicit in allowing racism, to not... Um, passively endorse it by not standing against it. Uh, the only danger I see is that we throw around the word racism so much that it loses its actual meaning and becomes something different. And I do think... That's true. Five or six years ago, we were doing that. Maybe maybe even further. Maybe eight or ten years ago, we were doing that. Like, you sir are a racist. You're just racist. Well, yeah. well, like, what did I do that was racist? Like, you're just calling me a racist because it's bad and it no longer has any weight. Yeah. And, and I think that's a real risk that we need to be really careful of because I would wager that there's a very good amount of people um, at the, the Capitol riot that also didn't support or believe in any of the racist intentions, but they were there supporting the president. No, but I mean... But I, I, I mean, people that were actually there. No, I know. My point is, though, if I'm... If I'm... They're still complicit. They're still... Yeah, like, they're... Still there's, they're just letting them walk around. I mean, I would have been... Like, so, the one example, and I'll see if I can find the video and show it to you, but during the BLM riots, there was somebody filming the riots, uh, like, on their phone, and a white protester takes out a hammer from his backpack and starts knocking a brick off the sidewalk to throw it at the police. Four black people grab him and push him towards the police. Because they do not want to be associated with someone that is going to throw a brick at the police officer. Nowhere in that, nowhere in that footage did I see any of the Trump guys with flags go, "Oh man!" and just drag the person out and be like, "No, no, 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 no." And, and, and why? There's a whole bunch of reasons. One, it's wrong. Two, it weakens any argument you have. It makes you look invalid. Uh, three, it, it reduces any sympathy that you get from anyone that's not there that's watching on the news. Like, there's a whole cross-section of reasons you should be expelling the negative influences that are there in your group. Um, I have not seen that video. I am super happy to hear that it happened. And I know it probably happened way more than we ever heard or saw because it's not sensational news. Um, My frustration with the mainstream media is not that the mainstream media doesn't report 
both sides of the story. It's that the mainstream media doesn't report the boring stuff. They only report the oh, yeah. things. Well, I mean, uh, this is another point. Like, I, you know, you and I have talked about it a little bit before, but the idea that these companies, like the Blaze and the Daily Wire, it is such an echo chamber, and I've yeah. seen them apologize to their listeners for reporting on stories, especially the Capital one, where... Sarah Gonzalez of The Blaze, that the news and why, is it, why it matters, she said, listen, uh, it was like a day after the Capitol attack. She's like, you can't write in the comments that uh, it was Antifa and that your voices aren't being heard. Those are two things you can't say together. You can't say these riots were perpetrated by people in Antifa, but our voice wasn't being heard. Like, it's either one or the other. You rioted because your voice wasn't being heard or it was all Antifa actors, you know? And... Uh, and she, the actor thing is, is like the ultimate we're not taking accountability for our actions yeah and then again it was, it was them yeah and then again uh, you know I showed you that film when I was on vacation of Ben Shapiro's chat because he was talking about the capital riots and everybody was calling him sellout in the chat but um, it's just the idea that uh, that yeah again they're not they're not saying like hey guys we you know this we got a problem with the Camp Auschwitz people. Like, we got to address that. And especially for him, again, being a really, you know, conservative Jewish guy, he's got to be like, oh, man, this, like, this doesn't look good. You, you know? know, as you say that, that makes me wonder if part of the reason he hasn't been more vocal about it is because this is his livelihood. This is how he No, it is. That, that was my point was like, you, I mean, you, you basically said what I, I was going to ramble for another three minutes, but you said this is their livelihood. So they literally have to capitulate to these people and say like, hey, we're sorry that we got a report on this. And whatever you'll say about CNN or whatever, I mean, maybe they'll have a line here and there. But, like, here's the scenes at the Capitol Day. They don't, like, yes, they had advertisers and stuff like that, but there's a bigger general pool of people watching CNN, you know? So, like, if they upset conservatives, they'll just go watch Fox News or blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. It, it's the idea of not creating an echo chamber or at least being open-minded enough to be like, okay, I'll read uh, this book, you know, like me. Um, I, you know, the, the proof is... supposed to be the idea of Fox News. That was their initial intention, is they were going to go out and be fair and balanced. They totally just gave up on I mean, what, what scale are they using? Like, it's really tipped. When they first started, that was the intention. It was supposed to come out, it was supposed to be fair right. and balanced. They were supposed to give both viewpoints. They, they really wanted to stand up against the, the left-leaning media outlets that were available at the time. And then they just... Um, one of my conservative friends... Uh, several years ago, it was like after such and such thing happened, Fox News just realized that they needed to be a conservative voice out there, and they gave up on the fair and balanced thing. And I'm like, but we need fair, like we need balanced reporting. Yeah. We need Walter Cronkite. We need someone just reporting the facts. Yeah, I mean it's true we do, you know. But that's what it is. It's all about just bowing in front of your viewers. Um, and there's a couple of people I follow online that have to do with video games. And, you know, they've been very vocal these past four years, and they've been on Twitter saying, you know, we don't support Donald Trump. If you support Donald Trump, we do not want your money, you know, which is a bold statement for anybody to say. So I wish someone on the conservative side would be like, I don't want your money. I don't. If you come in my contacts with your, Q, your, your QAnon conspiracies and your, um, you know, uh, like Jews will not replace us crap, like, I don't want your money, you know, for the blaze... I'd really like the, the Blaze to make a statement and say, we don't want this. You know, we don't want your money. 
I read uh, an article a couple months back, and it was what to do with a family member that's believing in QAnon. Oh, how yeah. do you how do you work with them? Um, and I want to see more of this in America as a whole because there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that we need to respond to basically this whole way to. It's not just QAnon. It's people that are buying into all kinds of other stuff too. And the first thing I think, I'm trying to remember the article. Man, I wish I could find it. I, do I remember it seeing something similar to that. It was around the holidays, right? Like Thanksgiving, like, hey, you're going to see a bunch of relatives that you may not agree with and here's how you talk to them. I think I saw that same. And, and or there might have been some. Down to is, is like, first off, start with common ground. Then really try to understand why they believe what they believe. Like, listen to them and let them explain why they believe it. <clears throat> and it's a long and slow process, and it will take you time to overcome it. But don't tell them that they're wrong. Don't tell them that they're stupid for believing it. Don't browbeat them with facts, because none of that's actually going to fix it. No. It's just going to force them to talk to you less and push them further away. Well, I mean, we... we... And I think we need to do that with a whole lot of what's going on in the conservative party. Yeah. If we come after them of, you guys are a whole bunch of racists and you need to get the racists out of your party, I think the walls go up and everyone gets defensive and no one's willing to listen. That's true. I, that's true. But um, I don't know if I said this or not because um, we've been on so many tangents. But like, so the, well, the question I had for you about, you know, why, do, why does the right feel so emboldened or the uh, white supremacists be so emboldened to support Trump? So the question is, what is it about the Republican Party that they feel safe, like in your wings or in your in the wings of the Republican Party? That is a massive to me, a massive moral question that the Republican Party need to ask. Why do they keep showing up? Why do these people? Is uh, fomented in the last four years, though. You and I have talked about this again privately before. Maybe we've mentioned it again today. Um, yeah, I, this is going to be great to edit because I this is going to be awesome because. <laughs> I mean, that's what I feel about Biden. You know, he is the total peanut of a candidate. Like, again, all he has to do is give people checks and um, get vaccines out there. And for me, that's not enough. But like, all you need to do right now is do that and you're good. And that's like, oh, man, you know, like, uh, crap. Like, you, we need more, you know. Um, but the thing is, is, I don't know that. Because of this massive failing of our, our our political system, in my viewpoint, to not have term limits, so many of our conservative congressmen and senators uh, were congressmen and senators 
five and six years ago. Dude, if I see another tweet from Patty Murray, uh, again, we're in Washington State. I remember her being elected when I was in middle school, and I am not in middle school anymore. I am an old man, and it is amazing to me that she's like, yep, still here. You're like, get out. Like, I was like 15 when you, uh, probably before that. Uh, and it had to be in the 90s. Um, I, 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 to, to finish the point, like, I, th- I think that Donald Trump emboldens the party and that the vast majority of our conservative politicians are, are falling in step behind their party. Most of them aren't willing to stand against it. Now, you do see some stand against it. Kim Wyman here in Washington stood against it. Two, Ameri- uh, two Washingtonian congressmen are two of the congressmen that voted to impeach Donald Trump and have called for other Republicans to do the same um, or to at least hold them to account for it. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Republican Party as a whole is just too weak. They're they're not willing to be leaders and stand up against it because you need to get the groundswell of support for the movement for enough of them to be willing to stand up and say, No, this is not okay. Now, you know, listening to Dory Monson here locally. Yeah, I love Dory uh, Monson. He he brought up the point. He was like, you know, impeachment what happened here was not enough to qualify under the definition of uh, insurrection, and so this is a, a weak in- impeachment. We shouldn't do it. But I'm of the viewpoint of like, no, we should. It makes the point. It, it yeah. It makes the point. I read an article that Mitch McConnell was even happy to see that they were going to do it, and even though he admitted he wasn't going to vote for impeachment in the Senate, he was happy they were going to do it because he saw this. These are all reports, internal reports, so Lord knows if it's true. But he sees this as the opportunity to get Donald Trump and other Trump-like Republicans out of the party. I mean, again, you're, you're just going to run into the problem a couple years ago. Like you said, it's probably not going to change. Is there going to be another Charlottesville where they march through? You know, it's like, okay, so you've exercised those people. But, like, who else is still hanging around, you know? If you get in a fight with your spouse... You know, they, a lot of times they say, listen, this fight isn't about what the thing is. You're not mad that your wife burnt dinner or didn't pack the dishwasher right. You're mad at money or, you know, the fact that you guys can't communicate or something. It doesn't have to do with the fact that she's not doing laundry or you're not doing laundry or you're not mopping the floor. It's like, I, you know, there's other issues. And I think um, the stuff about the voter fraud and all that is just, again, them being very angry at the state of the world and like any good propagandist, Donald Trump came around and said, this is why you need to be angry, which wasn't the reason why people needed to be angry. It was a shell game of, you you know, you need to be angry at everything that's going on, and here's the problem. And unfortunately for Donald Trump, he picked, uh, you know, racist dog whistles to point that in the direction. And so then I think a lot of racists in the party were like, Hey, he said the quiet part out loud. Cool. Now we're going to say the quiet part out loud. And then it just grew, you know? And so if you really talk... I identify with his message that um, that they felt emboldened that they could come out in the public and actually live out what they're, they're feeling. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. Like the few times I've talked to a friend that's conservative that talked about voter fraud, he, he's angry and it, it doesn't have to do with voter fraud. There's a lot of stuff in people's lives they're angry about, you know? And so it's like, if you can start talking to people about that, about their anger, 
And like, why are you, no, let's talk really, like your friends at church, be like, no, why are you really angry? Like, this isn't about voter fraud. Like, what didn't happen? You know, like what, you know, is it because, you know, your jobs are just like, you and I have talked about wages before. Is it like, it's kind of wages have stagnated or, you know, are you just unfulfilled in your job? That happens to a lot of people. Like, what is happening? Like, what's the real thing? You know, that, you know, it, to me, it just feels like this basic sense of anger, you know, where it's just like, oh, like if we address that, then, I mean, that would be a major step forward, you know? And, um, yeah. But again, no one wants to listen to the other side. Everyone's like, hey, why are you mad? Well, I'm mad because of this. You're wrong. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you asked me, like, what I was mad about, and I'm telling you what I'm mad about, and now you're telling me I'm invalid. Well, I think some of that, too, is like... You don't agree with me. It's almost like raw anger, right? Like, maybe they can't articulate why they're angry like that's the problem too where you're like well you know like hey let's talk about why you're angry and like maybe there's there's no way to i can't nail this down you know it's like okay well it's you know that's therapy is really what it is and i'm i'm you know as i say in my other podcast i am not a licensed therapist um i'm going to therapy which has been helpful but it seems like the whole nation just needs to go to therapy like um you know uh, maybe we need to work on that in um, people's, you know, insurance of letting them have access to therapists, you know. Uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's it's troubling. Um, is there anything else? I mean, we've been talking for almost two hours. So is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap up or? Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's the deal. Like, no, it's fine. Uh, well, no, it's it's funny, but my thing is, like, I don't think he killed himself, but I also think the guards didn't do a lot when he was dying. Like, whatever, however that took place, I think they were like, I gotta go to lunch. You know, like, he was like, like, because it's not like he was the best person, you know. There's a difference between actively, want, like, actively killing somebody and then, you know, again, being an accomplice. The majority of people that are in on that Epstein didn't kill himself conspiracy theory tends to be right-leaning. I don't know that all of them are. I think Epstein had way too much dirt on way too many people on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, that's why I think I'm I'm conspiracy theory adjacent because um, I think as <laughs> I think as, as one of my as one of my college professors uh, said one time, he said, you know, if I don't agree with someone, I do want them to speak their mind, but I don't want them to waste too much of my time. And I think that's where I am with conspiracy theories, where I'm like, you can talk. For a couple minutes, but then after the twenty minute ran, I think I got it. All right, I got I gotta go. I got stuff. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what I feel with that kind of stuff. So, but yeah. So, um, just to let people know we haven't really come up with a name for this. Um, we're floating around ideas and art right now, um, but it will go up on the twentieth of every month. Which uh, last time I checked, the twentieth of January is inauguration day, so we're gonna keep with that. So we will probably be emailing people back and uh, we'll be people. We'll be emailing each other back and forth with um, stories and stuff like that. Yeah, and maybe we'll actually have topics. I think today was a real. I mean, it's the first episode. It's a real airing of grievances, but plus we haven't really talked in depth about the Capitol attack and stuff like that. And so, Avin, I don't think you're racist, uh, but but I I hope that um, yeah. I mean, I hope you think about it. You know, so it sounds dumb. But I hope you think about, you know, that thing. Uh, I do. But, again, uh, I don't have a point yet. <laughs> I, do think about, I do think about that kind of thing. I do think that there's a lot of real grievance. And, and, 
among our minority members of America, and, and um, I am a firm believer in the phrase, Black Lives Matter, because yes, Black Lives Matter, I just don't support the organization. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't, you know, I wish, uh, oh, um, I was going to tell you before we go, there is actually an organization of lawyers, like civil defense lawyers that have gotten together, and they have a fund, and what they do is they're holding the police to account. So they're going through cases, and they're actually holding police account. I'll get that info, and I'll send it to you, so if you're interested in looking. I find it really interesting. I'm going to bring this up here, too, because I've had this thought many times. We could just end up on another tangent, so, so hold me to account on time. Hang on. I'll write it down, so that way maybe we can talk about it next uh, next time or whatever. Um, I find it really interesting that so many conservatives are like all about accountability for teachers' unions, but aren't about accountability for police unions. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. It's, um, well, I think it's strange they don't talk about unions. And that, to me, is a big linchpin in what's happening with all this stuff, you know? So, uh, is unions and their control over how inform- how information gets out, when officers commit indiscretions, how their files are viewed. Apparently, there's some projects going on right now that USA got a hold of that they were trying to publicly talk about officers that had been fired or removed or moved. And they were actually, since the charges were public, like a DUI or something, they were basically building a rap sheet on these officers to be like, these are the people in your communities that are policing you. This person has 11 offenses against them. Some of them, I hate to say it, in the report that I read were pedophilia. And so these officers were allowed to move somewhere and practice law enforcement in another city because they have different regulations. Or the report got buried. And that's troubling. And that's something else that, I mean, again, we go on for another two hours, but the whole back the blue movement, uh, you know, when you're literally knocking police out at the Capitol steps and there's a photo going around that I want to get framed is of somebody with a back the blue the blue lives matter flags and a cop a cop is punching them like with a baton trying to get them off the line or whatever the barricade and so it's like you can't it's not about that anymore you know it's it was a slogan so you had a rallying cry and now it doesn't matter you know like it so what are you going to do now how are you going to support the police now uh when there's that footage going on and what is it two officers died in the Capitol? Like, one of them literally got beaten to death, I think, and the other one died of a heart attack or something? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. So... I hate to say this, but I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to the news with it because... What? It's just... Depressing? It's... It's so depressing that this is the state of our country. And that's why, you know, like I said earlier, I really feel like we're moving in a really dangerous direction. Well, yeah, I mean... um, yeah, and, and I mean, well, again, at the top of this, it's accountability, right? Again, looking at your party saying, hey, we need to be accountable that we've allowed this element to root, root itself in our party, um, you know, to the police, every union, the police union going, we don't want you to practice law enforcement if you're like, here's the threshold that we have decided is unacceptable, you know, and now you're gone. Go be something else. We don't want you here, you know, and but because these things get buried and there's no accountability, like it just grows. And again, I don't want to sound too negative, but like the more conservatives approach me, not that like tons are approaching me, but the more people approach me and say, well, let's talk about the issues. I'm like, well, there is a big number one issue that you need to, um, because it looks bad, because now we're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about um, healthcare, We're going to talk about something. And then this is going to pop up and it's really going to be hard for you to have a valid argument when you keep seeing these 
uh, racist things happen in your party, you know? Because then it's going to be like, well, then it isn't about the issues. It's about racism, you know? So. Complacency. Yeah. Complacency. Yeah, it's about being complacent. So, so again, I, I said it before, and this always happens when we get on the phone, just to let people know. We always say, hey, we should probably go. And then 20 minutes later, uh, we talk for longer. Um, yeah. yeah, so we don't, again, we don't have art yet, but this will come out on the 20th of every month. It'll be uh, probably be its own website. There, It's not that much to host uh, the website that I have. And um, I'll do an outro to this later. But uh, yeah, I'll probably just use my other thing for my other podcast. And uh, yeah, and we'll just keep doing this every month. And it's far enough along that we you know, don't need to meet, meet every week or anything like that. So thanks, Evan. Uh, I had it. I had it up. I was going to look at the artwork and come back to that. But yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to say here to close out a podcast because I don't do this often enough. So sounds good. We'll get much better at it later. We'll, we'll talk more. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. That's uh, that's the first episode of our Avid and I's uh, political podcast. It, um, I don't really know about music and stuff now. Like I said, I'll have a transition um, next time, but we're going to meet in one month, so the next episode will come out on the 2nd or the 20th of uh, February. So uh, if you want to write to us, uh, write to us at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com and uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you think of the show. And uh, again, that stuff will just continue on and on. Um, I guess until we're done. And again, we haven't figured out art or a name. So this will just go up as uh, politics episode one. So um, stay safe out there, guys, and we'll talk to you in a month. Bye.